0: Welcome to Raising the Bar, the one and only podcast that centers the lives and experiences of women of color while discussing legal issues and policies. We aim to inform, educate, and provide concrete tools to empower, expand, and raise the bar for our communities and ourselves. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for the first ever episode of Raising the Bar. Uh, At Raising the Bar, we will discuss legal topics and policies and its impact on women of color. So before we begin, I know you have two things we want to get out the way. Who am I and why you should listen to this podcast? Well, I am Iman. I am a black woman. I I'm an attorney, an activist, and I do some work in the movement lawyering space. And what that means is I just, I help support social justice movements, um, activists, and grassroots organizations. Why you should listen to this podcast. Well, I think that this podcast is very unique. Um, it is the one and only podcast that will discuss Legal issues and policies, but it's not going to be boring, boring. I will try my best to make sure that this you know is really can't be exciting, but that it actually will interest you. We will discuss things that matter to us. Um, I'll try to break down uh, legal issues that may not be as uh, easy to digest. Um, And most importantly, I think we're going to have fun. We will, it's my intention to build community with you all. Uh, So I really think that this is um, a unique space in which women of color and the people who love us um, can listen to things from our perspective and help us all raise the bar for our communities. So, you know, sit back, relax. I think that's a song. What song is that? Anyway, sit back, relax, and I really hope you enjoy. So before we begin the discussion, I just want to take a couple of seconds to share with you a positive affirmation. I'll try to do this before each episode or at the beginning of each episode, and it's just a way that we consider ourselves, to remind ourselves that we are loved and we are worth it. Um... So uh, here it goes. I am worthy of love without effort. I am beautiful. The texture of my hair, the shape of my curves, the size of my lips, the color of my skin, and the feelings that I have are all worthy and okay. Uh, this was a quote that I find about found by Tracy Ellis Ross and Exo Nicole, and I thought it was a perfect way to begin this. Um, as women of color, we get a lot of Um, messaging and narratives that say we're not okay, that we aren't enough. But um, especially within this space, um, I want us to know, um, and I'm talking to myself as well, that we are enough and you are worthy of all of the love. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the discussion. (laughs) So for the first episode of Raising the Bar, I thought it was very timely to do a case around voting. Uh, It's 2018, very important midterms coming up. We'll definitely talk about this more, especially before November. But I thought it was very important to talk about a recent case that was the decision was actually just released in June. Um, about voter purging, purging, removing individuals' names from voter rolls. Uh, this case actually um, originated out of Ohio. And this case is important for many reasons. I think the first reason is because the Supreme Court, you know, basically said that Ohio's process, which was one of the most aggressive in this country, was okay. That it didn't violate the National Voter Registration Act. And that it was okay for the state of Ohio to remove the names of individuals after not voting for an election, then not responding to a notice, and then not voting for another election after that, or four more years of uh, voter inactivity. And so before we begin, let's go over the facts of the case real quick, because I think that 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 will help all of us kind of understand uh, the discussion a little bit better. So this case centers around um, a gentle name, the gentleman named Larry Harmon. Larry Harmon was a resident of Ohio. He voted in 2004 and 2008. Um, he actually did not vote in the midterm, so he did not vote in 2010. When he didn't vote in 2010, that triggered the process to begin. Um, and the state of Ohio sent him a notice in 2011 to confirm uh, whether or not he moved out of the county that he was registered in, Mr. Harmon said he did not receive the notice, so therefore he did not respond. He didn't vote in 2012 or 2014. Uh, he actually tried to vote in 2015. So he went to the, you know, to his local precinct. He tried to vote on, I think, a marijuana rep- referend- referendum or ballot, and they said, "Sorry, sir, you can't vote. You're done." And in essence, he lost his right to vote. Ohio doesn't have same-day registration, so he wasn't able to register in time. And there you have it. So voter advocates actually sued on his behalf in district court. They lost in district court. They appealed to the Court of Appeals in Ohio. And Harmon and um, voter advocates, I believe it was the ACLU and um, another um, organization, actually won on the appellate. I'm sorry, the appellate level, and the state of Ohio appealed to the Supreme Court. So we will discuss the Supreme Court's decision uh, in this case. So what did the Supreme Court say, you asked? You didn't really ask, but you asked in your head, and I'm just going to answer for you. So the Supreme Court, in an opinion that I do not agree with, the, the Supreme Court said that the process that Ohio used To remove Mr. Harmon from its voter rolls did not violate the NVRA, which is the National Voter Registration Act. And they said that the reason why it didn't violate the NVRA was because, you know, he didn't vote. They sent him a notice. And based on the fact fair to vote and the fact that he didn't respond to a notice... That satisfied the requirements of the MVRA, and it was okay to purge his name from the voter rolls. Now, I don't know if you're looking like I looked the first time I read this because it was it was hard, it was hard for me to believe that it was okay for the state of Ohio to just purge someone's name, frankly, just because they decided not to vote. Now, the MVRA gives two reasons why. Uh, two reasons that a state could remove you if you passed away and if you moved out of the county. And so sending the notice was the way that the state of Ohio determined whether or not someone moved out of the county. And so the supplemental process, and that's what the process um, that the Ohio use, that's what they call it, initiates once you fail to vote in a national election, they send you a notice, you didn't respond, and so, therefore, if you, if you don't vote again within the next four years, they remove your name. Now, as you can see from the facts of this case, Mr. Harmon was a voter. It's just that he didn't want to vote in 2010, 12, or 14. Um, and we'll discuss in the, in the later segment of why this is problematic. But I do, do want to say that um, a couple of things that the court talked about, and maybe we can talk about the NVRA really quickly... But the MV- MVRA is the National Voter Registration Act of 1993, and the purpose of the MVRA was to increase voter registration and remove ineligible, ineligible voters from uh, voting lists. And like I said, to remove ineligible voters, states were allowed to conduct a general program that makes reasonable efforts to remove the name of those that have died or moved out of the county. Uh, The NVRA, and and this is a big discussion in the decision, but the NVRA states that a person's failure to vote cannot be the only reason why a state chooses to remove a person. And so that was the major distinction between the five justices that said that Ohio was okay in doing this and the four justices that said that they weren't. The five justices that said that, you know, the state of Ohio was perfectly correct in doing this said that, hey, they didn't just, you know, use the reason that he didn't vote. They used the reason that he didn't vote and respond to a small card that he said he didn't get. So, <laughs> and the other justices said, nah, come on now, like for real. You know, the, the, him not voting was the reason why he was removed. Um, and then they talked about just the inefficiencies in using a process like sending out mailers. And we'll talk about, you know, the fact that the state of Ohio sent out millions of mailers or mi- millions of cards and really didn't only got, I think a very, very small percentage. But I do want to make sure that we you know we break down this case. and um, up next, we're going to talk about this case's impact on um, voting in general in this country, especially for people of color. color. We're going to talk about the importance of Ohio and why Ohio is important for both both sides, GOP and Democrats, but especially for GOP. And we're going to talk about ways in which we can combat um, this, I would say, flawed decision by the uh, United States Supreme Court. my favorite part, girl talk, the discussion. So I'm going to get real familiar with y'all, get real comfortable because we're all friends, we're all girls. And so let's talk about the impact that this case has on people of color. Um, so first of all, <laughs> I always thought with first of all, never really have a second or third of all, but first of all, it's so important. You know, this process is one of the most aggressive voter purging processes in the country. Between the years 2011 and 2016, the state of Ohio kicked more than 2 million voters off of of its rolls. 2 million voters. And the majority of the voters were black. The majority of the voters, and I think they said that voters in black neighborhoods were purged at twice the rates as voters in predominantly white areas. So I'm going to let that sit for a second. That's a problem. It is a problem that the, you know, that, that the state of Ohio, the, and, and, you know, the, the, main, the real problem is all of this is being done under the, well, I just want accurate voter lists. You know what I mean? Like we we are allowed to have accurate voter lists in this country, and this is the only way that we could do it. And so it doesn't matter whether or not black voters are impacted more. You know, this is the court said that we're allowed to do it, and so therefore, all states should do this. So and keep in mind, in in 2012, the state of the state of Ohio sent out 1.2, I'm sorry, 1.4. 5 million notices to people, um, those notices that, you know, the same notice that Mr. Harmon said he didn't get. And that 1.5 million equated to about 20% of its registered voters. Of the 1.5 million, about 1.2 million people did not respond to a notice. About 4%, or roughly, I want to say it was about, let me make sure I have the right number, because, you know, I don't want to give wrong information. About sixty thousand people returned and said, "Yeah, I moved." You know, about two hundred and thirty-five thousand returned it and said, "Yes." You know, no, I did not move. I'm still here. I just didn't vote. But the majority, over one million notices, were never returned. So, are we supposed to just assume that those one million people moved? So, the fact that this is there are glaring inconsistencies. Um, and the fact that, you know, as a result of not responding to this notice, millions of people are being, you know, kicked off of voter rolls and not allowed to vote, that in and of itself should have been a reason why the court said this process is not fair. This process is not the best process. And this process, in effect, is is just people are losing their right to vote that easily. You know, while I was reading this ruling, you know, I I noticed that I was becoming increasingly frustrated. And I think one of the main reasons why I just as I was reading it, um, it frustrated me to no end is because I think this decision totally dismisses the history that we have in this country with voter suppression, especially with black communities. And it totally dismisses um, this country's this country's inability to deal with voter disenfranchisement. And I think that, you know, just as a black woman, you know, and just as a black person in the United States, we've always had a very unique relationship with voting. Voting was seen as the way to freedom in the black community. If you look at the civil rights movement, if you look at even before the civil rights movement, There's always been, voting was the way in which we would get elected representatives that had shared experiences, that looked like us, that cared about what we cared about, and they would help us, you know, they would help us obtain liberation. They would help us with the oppressive conditions that we had in this country. Do I believe that that would work? Probably not, but let's roll with it for a second. That was what we thought I think Justice Sotomayor, in her wonderful dissent that focused on voter suppression in this country and focused on, you know, the fact that this was just the latest attempt to restrict, you know, minorities' right to vote, said it perfectly. And I feel like I need to read. I'm, I won't do this often where I'll read, you know, things or read excerpts from Supreme Court decisions, but I felt like this was just the essence of what I wanted to get across and the message I wanted to get across to you, to, you, to you all today. Justice Sotomayor wrote, Communities that are disproportionately affected by unnecessarily harsh registration laws should not tolerate efforts to marginalize their influence in the political process, nor should allies, allies who recognize blatant unfairness stand idly by. Today's decision forces these communities and their allies to be even more proactive and vigilant, and holding their states accountable, and working to dismantle the obstacles they face in exercising the fundamental right to vote. Justice Sotomayor is the real MVP. <laughs> and I think earlier we talked about you know the importance of this being in Ohio, Ohio is a very important battleground state when it comes to national elections. It is that state in which we always see Wolf Blitzer standing in front of his screen with, you know, that smart screen and always circling and pointing and clicking. Ohio and probably Florida, too, are one of the two states that, you know, really, really matter, especially when it comes to primaries and when it comes to general elections. You know, Ohio, you know, when compared to other states, Ohio is probably um, more closely um, resembles the demographics of the United States. So it allows parties to kind of see which way that the nation would go. Um, no Republican president has won, you know, the presidency without winning the state of Ohio. Right. So let's not get lost in the fact that this is a Republican secretary of state in Ohio that's, you know, Um, carrying out this process of purging millions of people from its voter rolls, right? And more likely than not, more people in black neighborhoods are being purged, um, you know, twice the rate of those in white neighborhoods. Like, none of this, you know, is a coincidence, I think. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, we definitely need to provide context to this discussion. And context because this is an election year, right? This is the first national election since President Trump was elected. And, you know, I, I know that we've seen, we're going to see a lot of things about voting. I think there was a recently a case about gerrymandering, which, you know, I may um, talk about in a, um, a subsequent episode, but we're going to see a lot when it comes to voting and ensuring that, you know, their candidate gets elected. And so I want us to be very, very... Um, clear about this being the state of Ohio and how that is very important uh, to this discussion. So now what? What do we do? Now that we know that the Supreme Court of the United States says it's okay for states to remove the names of millions of people that may or may not have moved, but to remove the names of millions of people Without them, frankly, without them knowing, what do we do now? And so this probably is the most important segment of this episode. How can we together raise the bar and how can we bring awareness to this for our community? Well, I think one of the things that we can do, um, we can definitely urge our state legislatures to advance legislation which will prevent this from happening in your state. I think right now, states such as Oklahoma, Tennessee, Georgia, and Hawaii, they use you know a kind of voter's lack of participation to initiate the voter removal process. And so we definitely need to bring awareness that Ohio isn't the only state. I think Ohio, the reason why... We discussed Ohio in this episode as one that was the case, you know, that the, that was the state that the case centered around. But also because Ohio was very important in national elections um, and, and Ohio's process starts earlier than other states. Right. So Ohio starts the process earlier. And I forgot to say this in the last segment, but, you know, the efforts are working And I say I use working. Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing air quotation marks working because Ohio saw a decline in black voter turnout in 2016. So it's working. Um, So, yeah. So we need to urge our state legislatures to advance legislation that will prevent this from happening. We also need to encourage our states to adopt same day or election day registration Not all states allow you to register on election day. And if states are going to remove you from registration rolls with or without you knowing and you show up and you want to register just like in the case of Mr. Harmon, if Ohio allowed same day registration in which you can prove that you are a resident of that county, you can prove any other criteria that that state needs for you to vote, if you can prove that on that day, you should be allowed to register. We've seen, especially after Shelby, um, we've and we're going to talk about Shelby, but we've seen a lot of states restricting early early voting, restricting um, same day election voting, Saturday voting, all of these things that we know impact community of colors more than they do white communities, and we will continue to see this. I urge everyone to please do some research, um, familiarize yourself with your state's policies on purging, uh, familiarize your stuff, yourself with your state's policies on just about everything, but especially voting. Um, this is definitely, I think, more of a time than any to become more involved in politics. I, I Listen, I am the first to admit that it is sickening. Watching the news is just about the most depressing thing that you can ever do, uh, but I don't think now is the time to, you know, turn a blind eye to a lot of the things that are that are going on. If you want to reach out to me, uh, please reach out to me www.rtbpodcast.com. That's um, RTB raising the bar, so it's rtbpodcast.com. Email address, iman, I-M-A-N, at rtbpodcast.com. Instagram, it's the number one, rtb podcast. Facebook is the same thing. Please reach out to me. I would love to hear your topic ideas. I would love to hear your feedback for this episode. Um, I can only grow if we grow together and if you let me know uh, how I did. So I would love to hear that. Um, and I look forward to building community with you. Uh, until next time.